Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike and that's Doug. Dude, it's almost time for the puck to drop. Dude, it's time for one of the most bizarre seasons in Sharks history, dude. Will they overachieve? Will they be the bottom feeders that everybody predicts? Will the Jasper Weatherby era start? On a hot foot, dude? <laughs> dude What's it going to be? I don't know, dude. We're excited. You're wearing your DB22 jersey, I I'm see. ready. I'm ready. I got to say, I am uh, uh, oddly excited. Oddly I don't know excited. why. Yeah. I don't know why I'm excited at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am uh, partially dreading this season and also partially optimistic. Uh, so... Uh, we'll get into all that good stuff. How's it going, dude? It's, it's going. been a long time. People probably thought that we uh, fell off a cliff, yeah. but we're still here, we're like st- it or not. We're still around. <laughs> still around. That's right. Like it or not, just like the sharks, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's right, dude. Um, we are uh, fully vaccinated, uh, unlike some of the Sharks coaching staff. Right. We are back. We're back. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have a new uh, uh, Sharks assistant coach. Uh, also, one of my favorite characters from Die Hard. That's right. John McClane, <laughs> which I think uh, should be a good sign. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. loves John McKe- John McClane. That's Yippee right. Kaye. That's right. That's right. I, I think we need shirts made. That's right. Well, I mean, we do know how good the power play was last year. Right. So good. Mm. Except for one thing. Mm. So maybe a new voice isn't such a bad thing after all. Uh, No offense, Rocky, but uh, we're replacing one film icon with another. That's right. That's right. And and John McClane was an NHL player. I think... uh, was a good one. He, I remember him on the. Was he on? Wasn't he on the Devils? Like when they won the cup in ninety four. Yes. No, he was a good. He was a good NHL player. So hopefully he's a good NHL coach. We're gonna find out. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna find out, dude. Uh, the Sharks completed their preseason. Uh, we have an inkling of who's going to be on the final roster, although uh, that hasn't been fully announced yet. But I think Kevin Kurz had a good. Uh, article today where he gives his predictions, which I think it's hard to find any holes in that. Uh, and this Sharks roster has a few young guys on it yeah. that appear to have found a roster spot either through injury opportunity or just through playing their way on the roster. I think we've got to start with the number one pick for the Sharks this last year, William Eklund. Right. Going from, uh, he's just going to go back to Sweden to, it seems like no question, he is on the opening night roster and playing in the top six. I Yeah, that's what it looks like. And I think that the departure of Evander Kane is really opened the door for William Eklund. I don't know. I got to be honest. I'm of two minds about this, right? We've seen so many young players get rushed into an NHL job And it seems like sometimes it hurts their long-term prospects. And I worry about that with this kid. You know, everybody says he has a possibly elite level puck handling skill, scoring talent for this league. As a 19-year-old, 
I'm not sure he has that yet. And I'm not sure it's the best move to just throw him into the lineup of a team that may not be great uh, to have him sort of get crushed every night, have him run up against the rocks of good NHL teams and good NHL competition every night. Maybe he's one of those that can weather the storm and still thrive and improve, but I, I don't think this is all upside having this kid in the lineup. I got to be honest. It's impossible to know, right? Like it, It's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be he completely belongs, he provides a spark, he has a, a good NHL rookie season, and he thrives playing in the top six, or he struggles, he ends up on the fourth line, he ends up being scratched, he ends up being sent to Sweden or to the AHL, right? And that's not good. Like, that's not the confidence boost that you want to give to a young player. Um, so I appreciate that the Sharks are sort of in a... In, in a Eklund in a hard place, right? Where you've yeah. got to make a, a call here. And we don't know for sure what the call is going to be, but it sure seems like they're going to roll the dice here. And yes, I, I would I feel better if I felt really good about the Sharks' ability to develop young players? We don't we don't know that. Like I, yeah. I don't there's no track record of that, right? They actually have a track record of benching guys when they struggle, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But we did see last year, you know, uh in the last two years, you know, players like Ferraro, Kanijov take steps forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. specifically defensemen, right? So, dude, I mean, if he's on the team, we're just going to cross our fingers and hope that, you know, clearly the best young player in the shark system can be put in a position to succeed. And I think that it's critical that Evander Kane is not around (laughs) for that to happen, right? Because right now you can sort of see... You know, everybody's talking about, oh, you know, Brent Burns is cracking jokes again. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, oh, look, Nick Padino's doing magic. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> and you, everybody seems super happy. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, that Aiden Hill made some more pumpkin muffins. Yeah, right, but, right. But, you know, Evander Kane's around. It's like, ah, another fake vaccine passport being passed around. Yeah. You know, you, you, you don't want to have that around when you've got these young players. And so... I say, dude, why not? Why not? Yeah. At least for the first, I mean, how much time do they have before they, I mean, they have like 10 games or something like Nine that, Nine or right? 10 games, so, I think. So why not? See what happens. Sure. Yeah. I'm up for it. And I, I couldn't agree more with that situation. I'm, You know, certainly all the stuff that's come out with Evander Kane and the latest controversy of him allegedly faking a vaccine passport, which is not only obviously against the NHL's COVID protocol, but I believe is either a state or federal crime. It's like the first thing I thought of, I'm like, leave it to Evander Kane to think of the worst possible way to break the COVID protocol. It's not that he just like went and hung out with people. He actively like forged a vaccine card. It's just perfect. It's so like, you know, it's on the nose. It's just, you know, perfect, perfect casting. But, um, but you're right. I mean, certainly the, you know, the stuff that's come out with Kerr's articles previously is that he, you know, doesn't obey team rules and that he's not well liked by the other players and having all of those messages sort of intertwined in the locker room. I mean, that can't be positive for guys that are trying to make their way in the show, right? Oh yeah, um, you got to show up wearing a suit to the game, unless you're a Vander Kane, then you just kind of do whatever you want. Or you got to obey this rule, except if you're a Vander Kane, then you just do whatever you want, right? This isn't like a good, 
not a good model for for young kids to succeed in the league and who knows it may have stopped working for Evander Kane and you know Kurz says it could be a lengthy suspension uh, you know who knows what's going to happen well there's so many different things going on with Evander Kane who you know through the NHL probe was cleared from the gambling allegations and now he's sort of got two other things hanging over him one this vaccine uh you know, uh, you know, proof of vaccination card that uh, allegedly has been forged. And then also these allegations from his soon to be ex-wife that are, you know, if they're true, are really, really disgusting. Really you bad. Know? Uh, really, really bad. And uh, again, you know, I mean, you know, there's <laughs> I'm not saying that they're true. Who knows? We were not there. Right. But, um, but thank God. But these are bad, uh, bad allegations. And, um, you know, there's certainly been enough around this person over the last several years where you just can't help but think that this is not the type of person that you want around. Like this is Mm -hmm. just not, you know, especially we've seen, you know, the decline of Timo Meyer over the last couple of years who supposedly, you know, is, was pretty tight with Kane and you can't help but connect those things. Right. Like, yeah. So Anyways, will his production be missed? Of course. He's probably their best forward, right? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But is it better for the Sharks? We've been saying for months now, yes, it's better if he's not there, right? At least to try and reset and give Bob Bugner a chance to like make his imprint on this team. If they're trying to turn a page and bring in new players, I think this is the best possible way to do it. We'll see as the as the story unfolds, but for right now, there doesn't seem to be any indication that Kane will be rejoining this team anytime soon. It looks like Jonathan Dolan, who, uh, you know, and I've heard people say Darlene, but I mean, I, I remember Ulf Dolan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is, yeah. this is his son, right? Yeah. Right? So, Didn't you have an Ulf Dolan jersey? I did. I had an Ulf Dolan jersey. Nice. So, I wish I still had that. Yes. I remember I I gave that to somebody like who was going to a Sharks game and they never gave it back. And that was like, a long time ago. So like um Ulf Dollin jersey yeah, score is what they thought. You have my Ulf Dollin jersey. I want it back because I'm just gonna put Jay in front of it. Yeah. All right. Uh it looks like Jonathan Dolan has also found a spot on this team and possibly on the first line due to Barbanoff's injury. You know, he's sort of taken that spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another young player that you just hope that if it doesn't start off great, that they don't abandon ship on mm-hmm. and start playing Matt Nieto in the top line. Right, Dude, right. Um, it, it's hard not to sort of feel like, okay, two young players in the top six, please please give them a chance. Like, please don't abandon ship if it doesn't go great after four shifts against Winnipeg on Saturday. Right. Like, they have to be given an opportunity to fail without fear of getting sent down. Right. Right. Agreed. And you got to build the confidence of these young players and and give them the feedback that they need to do to improve and give them the chance to take in that feedback and improve. As opposed to just, I understand it's a results-driven league, but let's be honest, the Sharks are not seen as a Stanley Cup contender. They're not even really seen as a playoff contender. So this is not something where, okay, well, if the Sharks go 500 the first six weeks of the season, you got to pull the ripcord and start fixing stuff because 
they're not going to be in that position. If the Sharks go 500, that's got to be considered a win. Yeah, it, we'll be honestly, happy. Like, yeah. I mean, like if, if they are 500 to start the year, I think that that's got to be the goal, right? Like sure. if they can be in the conversation, right? Because the Pacific is weak enough. It's very, very weak. Anybody, you could make a case for anyone except for Anaheim to be in the mix, right? And you might even be able to make a case for Anaheim because they might have the best goalie in the division, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, it's not like it's impossible for them to be, you know, hovering around a playoff spot you know, the whole year. Like, I mean, it's not impossible because the Pacific is going to be so volatile and unpredictable. You know, it's hard to know how some of these teams are going to go, including Vegas, which, you know, we'll talk about, you know, when we get into our draft dude, right. in our season preview. I mean, more young players. Uh, Santeri Hataka. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Has apparently uh, taken a top six role over Jacob Middleton. And also uh, because of Kanishov's injury, yeah, it looks like this guy is you know going to be a, a possible regular player. Could be. I saw him in the in the preseason game against the Ducks on Monday night, and he looks solid. He's not a certainly the Sharks don't need another high flying uh, Eric Carlson type. So he's a solid kind of player. He got a little bit. Uh, Got his hackles up. There was another guy, Adam Raska, who ended up getting sent down this week. Who, you know, they they were they were dishing it out, trying to make a name for themselves, trying to create an impression, and they did. They both did. So it's good to see that kind of stuff on the ice. I I definitely enjoyed it. I think there were two fights in the first minute of that game. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of fun. But yeah, these these kids are trying to make an impression. And Hadika looks he looks pretty good. Good. I mean, another young player who, uh you know, seems to be making the jump directly to the NHL is Jasper Weatherby, who might be the coolest name in the NHL now. It's pretty good. I mean, it is going to be fun to say, oh, did you get your Jasper Weatherby bobblehead? You know, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Jasper Weatherby appears to have size, appears to be gritty, appears to like to stand in front of the net. Do we finally have a young fourth line center, dude? Maybe, maybe, (laughs) maybe. Yeah. Why are we being so positive? I don't know. Well, wait till we get to the season preview. <laughs> I mean, you got to be... I mean, these are the things, dude, when you look at Hadika, Weatherby, Eklund, and Dolan. We're talking about four young players that it's hard not to be a little excited about, right? You go, I hope that they all get a chance. They have some rope. They're allowed to play through mistakes and that we're not just... You know, signing Patrick Marlowe, mm-hmm. you know, three weeks in to take their ice time. Like, that's right. not what the goal should be here. Right. And, um, you know, there's a potential that we could see some development in the first month of the season here. Right. And, and keep in mind, probably the biggest change to the results of this team will be the fact that the Sharks have two new goalies. And who I, I saw someone write in quotes, Bright spots of camp? I mean, when's the last yeah. time we heard that? L- reading the athletic, you know, the stats heavy athletic Dom decision preview, you know, he doesn't project the Sharks to be a playoff team, but that's primarily the source of the Sharks' improvement from this year's prediction over last, which is the Sharks will probably get league average goaltending, which is a huge step forward right. for the Sharks. Right. So, and, you know, James Reimer made some really good saves in that game on Monday night. So, 
you know, there's some there's some good stuff happening here. I I would love to see Aiden Hill do well, James Reimer do Hill uh, do well, uh, and and to have a goalie tandem that you can sort of count on in some ways. Yeah, who well, knew? Who knew um, that's possible? We've got to see it play out on the ice, but you certainly feel more optimistic about this tandem than we did last year. You know, going in with you know, sort of the bad news bears of goaltenders, you yeah. know, Devin Dubnik and, you know, Martin Jones. And, you know, you're sort of sitting there pining for Aaron Dell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it, 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 it was not good. So, uh, we'll wait and see. And hopefully that these two guys can be a stable league average or even maybe better, uh, you know, goaltending tandem, dude. Uh, so we've talked about some of these storylines here. We talked about sticking with the young guys. We've talked about, you know, uh, Hataka and uh, Eklund and Dahlin and Weatherby, um, you know, hopefully that the coaching staff will stick with them. Uh, you know, there's even some of these other guys, Pedersen, Gadjevich, you know, who mm-hmm. are, you know, sort of fringe, maybe fourth line guys who are going to be bouncing back and forth between the AHL, but they're providing some grit, some fourth line toughness, some new faces on this fourth line. And you just hope that if those guys are better than Matt Nieto, that they play like they play, you know, that that if they're providing, you know, Jeffrey VL, right. You Mm -hmm. know, if they're providing a different, will this team, this is a question, dude, will this team forge an identity of any kind? Cause we've sort of just been existing in this, you know, uh, John Doe, like, yeah. you know, it, it, existence for the last two years where there is no identity of this team. I think that's clearly what we're hoping for. And certainly the source of my optimism, if you even want to call it that, is not even optimism for the results of this team. Like, I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs, right? What we're looking for, at least what I'm looking for, is I want this team to be exciting in some ways. I want this team to have a source of hope. Going forward, we have hope in some of these young players. We have hope in the trajectory of the franchise. And over the last couple of years, it was just, there was no hope of the trajectory of the franchise. There wasn't a young guy that could come in or multiple young guys that we said like, this is going to be the key to the Sharks being good in a few years because the Sharks are probably, you know, years away if they wanted to contend for the Stanley Cup again. And that's sort of what this is a source of. So I really hope to see that. If that means they have a real identity, which is, let the young guys roll Barabanov and let these guys put them on the top line. See what happens, you know, get that sort of youthful enthusiasm going. I would love that to be the Sharks identity, even if there's some mistakes, even if they don't win a ton of games, at least there's that to look forward to and say, okay, if these guys can clean it up, get a little bit better, all of a sudden we have ourselves a good hockey team here, as opposed to a team that is saddled with terrible contracts of aging players, which has been basically the identity the last couple of years. So this is the question, dude. Will the Sharks establish team toughness, which has been a real weakness of this team, over time? (laughs) The history of time. This has been a weakness. Under Bob Bugner, I think we expected it to be a strength. It has not been. It was a real weakness last year. Will this team come together and develop some team toughness, or will they continue with team wussness? You know, I'm not super optimistic about that, particularly for exactly the reason you just mentioned. You would think that would be something that Bob Bugner would require as a coach of his players, and he did not require it. So if he didn't require it before, I'm not sure why he would require it now, especially when you're dealing with 
younger kids who maybe aren't as physically developed as the veterans in the NHL, the veterans in the NHL who will crush you in the corner. Um, I'm not so sure that that's exactly where this team is going to go. I think the youthful enthusiasm is more likely than the team toughness thing. But maybe you go with Jeffrey VL and let him run around and you bring up Adam Raska and you let him run around and hit people. Right. Dude, uh, how much rope do you think this coaching staff has this year? Like if the Sharks are bad but continuing to develop players positively, is that enough to save Bugner's job? I think so. Yeah, I think it is. Just because the expectations surrounding this team are not great. As much as Doug Wilson or or whoever else may want to say like, you know, we're just this is a small reset and we're looking to move forward and all this crap. I mean, come on. This is this is a team that's probably going to be somewhere in in the 80 to 90 point range. This is not a team that's going to be in the playoffs, you know, barring some extremely good luck. So, you know, unless all of the the young players get sent down and we end up icing a bunch of veterans on the third and fourth line, which is the worst case scenario. That's honestly. absolutely like, the that worst case. That is really the worst case scenario for this year. Yeah, for sure. That would be that would be the worst. I mean, I like Benino. I, I like those guys. You got to provide some stability. Sure. But you really need to also have an environment where young talent can flourish. Yeah, I like the idea of Weatherby playing with Cogliano. Like, I think that you have that that one that stability with the young player, but the young player is allowed to develop and make mistakes with that player, the veteran alongside. Right trying to help them get better, right? Right, I think that's the key here. I think maybe the biggest storyline this season outside of Evander Kane is, are the Sharks going to extend Tomas Hurdle or will they trade him? Yeah, that's the biggest line for sure. And and certainly looking at the preview, he is the statistically best Shark by a considerable amount, actually. Um, And he's probably going to be the most productive on the ice. So this, you know, in two years, the Sharks could lose their two best players, at least their two best forwards in Evander Kane and Tomas Hurdle. So if you get something for him, you're going to need to get something really good for him. My gut tells me that that Hurdle is gone. Uh, that's, that's my first impression. Certainly there's some brinksmanship here that you see in the press a little bit. Hurdle saying that like no stat, you know, concrete numbers were ever thrown about in terms of a contract. There was also some talk that, you know, Hurdle didn't seem super interested in resigning last year. So or why would he? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> why is why would he? Which is a completely fair statement. I mean, this is a guy that could not only get a nice payday in the offseason, he could actually get a nice payday on a on a really good team that could be poised to win the Stanley Cup. The so, most responsible thing the Sharks could do is to trade Tomas Hurdle. Really? That is the most responsible thing that they could do. Because this... Can you imagine another eight-year... Yes, that's exactly you know, right. Yes. Another eight-year, $64 million contract right. on the books here? Yeah. They can't do that, right? That that is That is mismanagement of a team that is not going to be a Stanley Cup contender. That's right. You need to trade him at his peak value whenever that is during the year. And you need to get the best return you can for him. That is the most, in my opinion right now, the most responsible thing that they can do. Now, 
I think they probably won't. And they'll probably give him a 20-year, $300 million extension, right? Because that seems to be what Doug Wilson likes to do. But um, I think they, if they can get a great package in return from a contender, someone who you know, really could benefit from getting a, you know, top six center, right? And you can play teams against each other. You know, you need to get someone's top three prospect in return, right? At at least, yeah. And and a pick, right? And if you can do that, then you must. Yes. You must. I agree. I agree. Because the one thing that made me a little sick to my stomach when I saw someone propose it, which is create a package such that that includes hurdles such that the Sharks can get Jack Eichel. And I just like, I got a little sick to my stomach. This is the last, this no. is the last yeah. thing we no, need. That's not, that is not what they should be doing. Another huge be, contract on a yeah. player that we don't even know can play. Right. Who needs neck surgery. Like great idea, you know, right. and yeah. nothing against Jack Eichel. Obviously the guy is a, a top end talent, but I don't know. I'm a little worried. He's a bit of a, you know, yeah. obviously being yeah. being in the Sabres can turn anybody a little bit salty and, and, and maybe he's, you know, not a great, uh, you know, presence and stuff, but he's probably unhappy with how the Sabres organization treated him yeah. probably justifiably, but still, that's just like a whole can of worms. I don't want anywhere close to this franchise right now. Like you need, you need to get assets that will help the Sharks three years from now. Right. Not this year. And you, I, I mean, I love, you look at the Sergachev Druan trade, right? And you look at that as the model. The Sharks right. need to get a Sergachev back. Right. Somebody who is close to playing now, not like someone who's still in college or is, you know, playing, you know, in, in the OHL or something. They need a guy who is ready soon, right, to be part of this team. And that's exactly what Tampa did with Sergachev. You know, it was a brilliant brilliant yeah. trade. Right. And he's a big reason why they they got to where they were. Right. Now that team was considerably closer to winning than the Sharks, but they maximized their asset and you hope that the Sharks are able to do that too. Dude, yep. dude. Uh we're here. I think we're here. Are we ready for the Vegas draft? I think we're ready for the Vegas draft, dude. I got my uh, sheet here. Um, you are on a hot streak. You're you're on a streaker right now. I You've am. won three out of the last four of these. I we're know. we're we're currently even in terms of you owe me a trip, I owe you a trip. So we're sort of at a wash, dude. Yep. You know, uh so this is for all the all the um the Bacharach uh, here. You know, this is for the... Although I'm definitely down overall, but yes, yes I, have, I have made it somewhat respectable over the last few hold years. Hold back, dude. So yeah. traditionally, as the loser, I get to choose if I want to pick first yes. or if I'm going to pick second or third. I will pick first, Shocking. Dude. So and, shocking. you know, I'm not going to uh, play around here. I'm going to take, to take the, the Colorado Kraken? the oh. Colorado Avalanche, dude. So that is shocking. Who I'm taking, um, and I think they are the clearly the best team. Uh, I and that's what I'm going with, dude. Even though they lost Grubauer, they yeah. replaced him with Kemper. I think that they are. Uh, this is the year finally. Just to start stirring the pot, dude. I think if I were in your position, I would not have taken the first pick. Okay. Yeah, I was not thrilled with how the Avs played in the playoffs this year like I would be puckered 
picking the abs first here. Yeah, I mean, I I, I gotta say that I think that I think that that's a natural progression for a young team to have issues, and I think that their path is uh, not as difficult right. as the teams in the East, which have yeah. a much harder path. Also, you know, I. I think they're going to have no fun because Nathan McKinnon is only going to allow them to eat quinoa for the next <laughs> nine months. Quinoa yeah. ice cream, True. quinoa beer. True. So True. an all quinoa diet. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'd be scared if I was on that team. Okay. So uh, that means I am taking uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, I will also take... I mean... They're the next best team. So, I mean, I guess I got to ride the streak. I guess I got to take the bolts again. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly why I didn't want the second and third pick, to right. be honest. I Vegas t- took a huge gamble, dude, in sending Marc-Andre Fleury out of town yeah. and putting all their eggs in the Robin Leonard basket. I think that is a huge gamble. Robin Leonard has never proven that he can hold down the number one job by himself. Right. And... Uh, that team, this is year three of Pete DeBoer, and we know what happens. Right, right. Right. Like, I don't know that I feel as... They are definitely the best team in the Pacific. Yeah, by a lot. I don't feel confident. And the Pacific's the weakest division. I feel like I'm more playing that card than I'm a huge believer in the Knights. It's just the Knights might have two easy series to start the playoffs, and they're rested and healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. you know, uh, Tampa also lost their entire supporting cast. Like they yeah. lost uh, Yanni Gord. They lost. They lost Gord. They lost Goudreau. They lost Coleman. And that's going to hurt. And you know, to I, I just couldn't get behind them three peating. Yeah, I know. But um, could be. But if I look, if wrong. I look at the next five teams, I'm not that enamored with any of them. Yeah, yeah. Who are you most enamored with next, dude? Oh my god, dude. Well, I, I, it, it's, it's tough, right? It's definitely tough. I'm going to go because last year I I didn't believe in them and uh, they came on strong at the end. This is a bit of a gamble, right? Uh, but I'm going to take the Boston Bruins, dude. Yep. I'm going to take the Boston Bruins. They're nearing the end of their Stanley Cup window. Yep. The Olmark thing makes me nervous, dude. But otherwise, you know, there's no reason not to believe that they aren't going to, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, right? And when you get in there, you know, the Bruins are always just a massive pain, right? Yep. Um, and dude, <laughs> this might be a little high, but I don't want to risk not getting them. I'm taking the Islanders. The Islanders, wow. I always discount them and they always win. Yeah. They win. They're a staple. And that the Metro is super weird this year. I'm going Islanders. They have the most stability. And Barry Trotz, you got to be a believer. I, I I agree with that. I think that's an interesting pick. I don't think I would have made it, but uh, I appreciate it. You know, I think you've picked them the last couple of years, so I have to pick them. Everyone has to have their turn on the Leafs bandwagon, so I have to take the Leafs. I want no part of the Leafs, dude. And I'm so glad that you took them because I would have felt compelled to take them next. I don't want anything to do with them. Damaged goods. Yeah, and I will take, uh, in my opinion, clearly the best team in the Metro, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Also, some red flags around that team, yep. dude. I mean, they lose Dougie Hamilton. 
uh, they 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 have you know I uh, when in doubt go to Frederick Anderson. <laughs> you know, I mean, works so uh, well for so I many don't teams. No, like I mean, like I think uh, uh, it should be a really good team, right? And it'll be interesting to see how the um, the how it works off with uh, Kakanyemi, right? With them acquiring mm-hmm. him, uh, but. Yeah, it starts to get a little strange, I got to say, yep. around around these parts. Agreed. Um Oh god. I mean, it, now it's just it it's getting dark here, dude. It's 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 getting dark. Uh dude, uh this is just this is another this is a gut play and it could be a real backfire, but I just like the way this team is trending. I'm taking Florida here. I love Florida's series against Tampa. I think if they had played somebody else, they would have won a first-round series. I just like the energy of that team. I think they're just getting better. I think that's the the best team left on the board. They locked up Barkov. It's it's good times, right? It's good times. Um. This next play here is uh, also just kind of a um, an upside just play just based on I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I kind of hate everything about them. Yeah. And that's the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I didn't have to pick them. I, I think that's that sort of disgusting like Toronto pick where I have no faith that they're going to succeed in a playoff round. They do have the best player in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And if they can finally push the right buttons, they, they're going to make the playoffs, right? They'll be, they'll be there. Yep. I, I agree. They're going to be there. Um, yeah, this is an area that I'm not super happy with, but I think I will... I don't want to take that. <laughs> Do it. I really don't. I already have the Canes. I'm I'm going to take the Minnesota Wild because we yeah. don't we don't have any. You know, the Avs are clearly the best in the Central. I think the Wild's second best. Yeah. You know, obviously they're you know they're going to be running into two really good West Coast teams. So in terms of their prospects of winning at all, are not great. But you never know what could happen. So I'm going to take the Wild. Um. Yeah, you got, and it's like, do I want to continue this way? I mean, I I can't. I'm not taking them. I've had good. I've had good luck with the caps, so I'm gonna take the caps here. Not super happy about it, but I'm gonna make you take the team that you're gonna take next. I'm not gonna take them, dude. I refuse. I refuse to take them. I'm gonna force you to okay. take them. All right. <laughs> um, I, I'm I am gonna go. So wackily, maybe maybe not totally wackadoodle off the board, but I'm just going with my gut. I'm taking the Rangers here. I think the Rangers have a lot of upside. I like the Gerard Gallant hire. I like the toughness that they've brought in. I think that team is going to be very motivated to do well. And I think that the other teams in the Metro are kind of on the down, you know? So yep. uh, I like the upside play of the New York Rangers here. And then I'm I'm also going to the uh, Central Division and another kind of upside play here. Uh, I'm going Winnipeg. I think that they address their defensive issues, not in a splashy way, but Brendan Dillon and Nate Schultz, they, they are solid NHL defensemen. They have a really good goalie and a good coach. 
I think they're going to make the playoffs. Winnipeg Jets. All right. You're going to make me take the pen, so I'm just going to take them and not talk about it. All right. I'm just going to take them and not talk about it. Toilet bowl. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, it's tough. It is tough. It is tough. I'm not... Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't take the stars, so I'm gonna take the blues. I don't like the stars for some reason. I don't like them. I like Pavelski. I don't like anybody else. Okay, fair, uh, dude. I'm gonna also. I'm going with another upside play here, which is um, maybe a little bit off the map, but I just want to make sure that I get them. This goes against all the research that I've done. But I just, I, I don't know why people don't like the Vancouver Canucks. Like, I think that they were just in the final, weren't they in the final eight of the tournament? Yeah. Like, and then, um, and, or did they make the final four in the COVID year? They were just yeah, right there. Yeah, they yeah. kind of overachieved. And then last year, they got ravaged by COVID. They had just a really tough time. They add Oliver Lechman Larson, which could be good, could be bad. It's they bad. add Connor Garland. No question, that's good, right? And they lock up their two young guys. Um, the Pacific blows. The you Pacific know? So, does blow. So I just don't know why they couldn't be a playoff team. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe in that, right? Um, and then after... Do I have another pick? Yeah, you do. Um, after that, I'm going to go, um, uh, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the Chicago Blackhawks next year. You know, I I think that the Tay's coming back. They've got a real goalie. Now they add Seth Jones, like the, 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 the central is, also, after you get past the avalanche, it's kind of all over the place. You know, Chicago, they'll be playing for a wild card spot. All right. I'm going to go with the Habs here because the bottom of the Atlantic is so bad. Right. Um, that the Habs could actually get some stuff. And, you know, you have your you have your pet team. You picked the Canucks early. Don't do it. No. Go ahead. I'm going to take the Kraken, dude. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I'm taking the Kraken. Okay. The Kraken are deep. The Kraken do not have a lot of top-end talent, but they are really deep. Okay. They could, I'm not saying they're going to find like a William Carlson the way Vegas did, but this is a bad division. They could gain some confidence beating up on the Kings, the Sharks, and the Ducks. And they have good NHL players everywhere in the lineup, and they, have, they could have really, really good goaltending. I don't know. I'm bullish on the Kraken because they could surprise people. Okay, dude. Um, I think I think people are overreacting to the success of Vegas and the fact that an, an expansion team can be successful. I think the Kraken won't be bad, but I don't think they're going to be good either. Like well, I, we're halfway through the draft, so point taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the team I thought you were going to take. 
I go down with the ship every year with this team, and I'm just not going to miss out on the time that they get a little bit better. I'm going New Jersey Devils. Okay. I think they could get a bump from Dougie Hamilton. They've got a ton of first-round picks on that team. Yeah, they do. You know, is this the time that maybe in, in a division where you could definitely see Washington and Pittsburgh taking a little bit of a step back? Maybe they can take a step forward. I'm I'm betting against the Caps and Pens this year, and I'm betting on the Rangers and the Devils. Dude, I, I am going to take Dallas at this point. All I right. just think that they're, you know, um, also they got hit by COVID at the end of the year. Sagan didn't play much. You know, I think that there's definitely potential for them to be a playoff team. Okay. I'm going to take the Flyers. That's a team that, I don't really know what to make of, but they seem to win some games that I don't expect and to do better than I don't expect. So I'm going to stick with the Flyers and I'm going to take the Flames because I think the Flames might be better. They might finish above the Kraken and the Canucks. Right. (laughs) So I I think that's the best value pick left. Okay. Now we're getting into some bad teams. Yeah. Now we're at the bad teams here, dude. Uh, I'm going to, you know, just because I think they have maybe the most potential of the teams that are left you know i'll take the la kings like i think that they probably won't be very good but of the teams that are kind of bottom feeders that are left they you could make an argument that they might right break through right and i and i think that you know also of the teams that are left um god it's so bad. Yeah, this is truly garbage time here, dude. I will take uh, Nashville. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that they just have the best, the most talent they do. left. How the mighty have fallen that the Preds are now a bottom feeder. Yeah. Well, um, you can say the same about the Sharks. That's true. Uh, and another team that has was a darling not so long ago and is now considered to be maybe the worst in their division, but I can't honestly take any of the other teams i guess i gotta take the blue jackets here mm-hmm. um who are not good um i'm i don't want any of the teams in the atlantic so i'm gonna let you guys take those um <sighs> you are <laughs> i guess i guess i'll take the well i guess i'll take the sends then because they have some talent yeah i so mean I'll like i think sends. when you look at what's left dude because yeah, I, I mean I, I can't honestly take the yeah. coyotes uh, i'm gonna take detroit okay you know yeah. um also they're gonna pick up some wins right you know not that we get any points for that right and i'll you know <laughs> anaheim has the best player left right so yeah. i'll yeah. take the ducks which then leaves you with choosing between two shiny turds will you take the coyotes or the buffalo sabers oh i take the coyotes all day <laughs> All day, baby. All right. There you go, dude. Yeah. Um, we'll pretty, see what happens. Pretty dude. good. Pretty good times. I mean, I think, you know. Uh, I don't hate this draft this year, which means I'm definitely going to lose. Yeah. Because the last couple times I won, I hated my draft the instant I did it. I get. I made some more picks this year off of. Yeah, you did. Instinct. You went off the board. Then uh, playing the. The numbers, dude, and so we'll see if that backfires on me or not. But I do, I just, I have a feeling that some of these teams that have sort of been at the top are going to fall this year. Right. I think that there's teams that can take steps forward. Um, teams like Florida, 
teams like you know maybe the New York Rangers take a step forward. See, I think Florida is a good team. Like I had, I had Florida around where you picked them. Like I think Florida is a good team. They're a playoff team, but they are not probably pegged to come out of the Atlantic, and they could. Like they could. Yeah, I absolutely could. Right. So we'll see. For sure, dude. For sure, dude. Well, hockey's starting soon. I mean, you said the. The season's starting Tuesday, but the Sharks aren't actually starting until Saturday. Right. So um, they start with Winnipeg, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. So four Canadian teams. Um, You know, I don't even know if it's worth making a prediction because this is just a new team with... It's just a different look than we've seen. New goaltending. Yeah. A lot of new players in the first couple lines. Let's just see what happens. I have no idea how the Sharks are going to look. And you can't go off how they look against teams in the preseason because those teams are playing half their players and it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, we saw John Gibson shut down the Sharks. He made like 40 something saves in, you know, in that preseason game, but the Sharks were dictating play the whole time. So does that mean the Sharks have no offense? I have no clue. No idea. <laughs> right. So uh, we will just have to wait and see uh, first game this coming Saturday, dude. So, Dude, you know, I um, think all, like we said, I think our... If we're making goals for the team, it's to stick with the young guys, right? Mm-hmm. Stick with them. Let them play, you know, try and establish some team toughness and also uh, shoot for 500. If we can be 500, you know, at, by the end of November, I think that that's got to be a win, mm-hmm. right, for the Sharks. Because if you're 500 in the Pacific, you might just make the playoffs. And create some excitement, right? I mean, this is a team that... I think is going to be buried in the sort of the entertainment hierarchy in the Bay area. Um, you know, no one's really going to be thinking much about the sharks. And if they have some exciting players, if they have a team chemistry, that's fun to watch that enthusiasm, maybe we can get some fans in the seats. We can get some wins on the board and we can have some hope going into the future. That's all we can hope for right now, dude, because, you know, this is not a Stanley Cup contending team, but um, they're close to rock bottom. Buffalo and Arizona are rock bottom. Yeah. Can we get to a point where you can find some hope? And um, I think that that's sort of, it's funny to say, but that's sort of like that's a point where a team like Ottawa is right now. Like mm-hmm. you can sort of see that there's there's something there down the road. Right, right. right. And hopefully... Thanks to the Sharks, honestly. Well, maybe the Sharks can find that same sort of deal if some of these guys can... Some of these guys can rejuvenate their careers. You know, maybe they can start cashing in on some of these bad deals. Right, right. Dude, it's great to have you back here in the Dudes on Hockey Studio. Here we go. We'll be back uh, more regularly. We've been taking our Metamuse, so we'll be regular. Right. So, you know, at least three times a year from now on. (laughs) Talk to you soon, dude. All right. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the Salty Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.